get call into the show. Hey, Danny. Hello, hello. Hey. Long, long time listener, first time caller. Where are you calling from? My house. On my cell phone. In Beaufort, Georgia. <laughs> you sound pretty clear. How do I sound? Um, you sound all right. I mean, about you know, phone quality. <laughs> I mean, you. St it sounds like you're, um, in a contained area. I don't know how to describe it. You know, like they say, when you're in the studio, it sounds like a tin can. Does this sound better? Yeah, it sounds a little. Yeah, it sounds a little bit better now. Okay, I will use this then. I uh, okay. I got a, a blue microphone. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm doing that. Cool, cool. Yeah. So we're it totally live me. right now. So. All right. So if anybody's listening, um, you know, we will officially begin airing the formal show at ten o'clock. Yeah, um, we're just hammering uh, out the uh, sound tests. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I'm actually not advertising this as a live okay. show. Gotcha. Because we're in case because figure, hey, let's test it the first time, right? Yeah, let's learn the kinks. Sounds good. <laughs> it tells me like, here like, that this defamatory, kink, yeah, coughing and such, and trying to get get called in and all that. Yeah. It tells me that yep. defamatory, harassing, obscene, or racist content is prohibited. Please be respectful in participating in the live show. By using the call-in feature, you understand that your voice may be recorded and published by the host. So there you go. We're gonna we're gonna have to cut down on all of our obscene and, and racist content that we usually publish. Yeah, turn down on the racism. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. So we're just waiting on Mika to get home and call in, I guess. Pretty much. Well, I need an email address from her, too. Oh, that's true. She didn't give any of this stuff. I guess she's been working all day. Yeah. So I didn't want to ask for it while she was driving. So I figured she'll tell us when she gets home and she can yeah. get up. It seems to be pretty easy of a process. Yeah. Yeah. Once if you. Yeah. Because I just downloaded the app. And then it asked me, you know, if I wanted to log in with Facebook or with Google. And so I just went ahead and logged in using my email from Google. And that was pretty much all I needed to do. I didn't need to sign up for any kind of account or anything like that. Um, it just did it through my Google. But there is kind of like a, some things I was looking over it. And you have to, you can purchase beans or something. You use beans as currency to buy episodes or, or something. I don't know. I didn't... I was like, I'm not giving any money to this. I'm not going to go listen to a bunch of other podcasts, so... Right. Yeah, apparently, like, in order to hear, like, episodes, you have to... You have to, If you're not, one, like, one of the first 50 people, you have to... Uh, you have to buy pay, beans. Buy beans and then pay in your beans. Gotcha. Okay. So... I don't know what that's all about, but anyway, so I figure that this show uh, will record, I'll download, and then I'll, I'll edit out the beginning. This, okay. 
And okay. so going forward, we know Leo. we'll just jump right in at ten right. or a minute before yeah. and gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of strange that they don't really have like a uh a pre option, you know, where basically mm-hmm. we can kind of do this and it not be on the show. Right. And I um, thought that it, it did give us that option, I guess. I misread. Or it's a different the, yeah. somehow, there needs to be something def- done differently in order to have that option. Right. I mean, yeah. they're still in beta testing, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thing, we're so. just along with that group of, of beta testers, yeah. Yeah. With the guinea pigs. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, calling in was easy uh, as far as me seeing you enter this live studio and then approving yeah. you. So, okay. That was definitely an easy part. Yeah. Well, as of oh. still, it, it says live. We're two, rock and rolling there. That is you and oh. I. Yeah. So that is you and I. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Danny, I guess for any any hiding out there, um, t- tell us a little bit about yourself and your wrestling fandom. Um. Well, you know, like like most, Where I, did it start? I grew up watching wrestling as a. As a young man watching on uh, Saturdays, um, Saturdays watching WWF superstars um, with you know all the 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 big people at the time, Jake the Snake and the Macho Man, you know Hulk Hogan, the Bushwhackers, and you know were were all people that stood out to me as you know as an eight year old. Um, and then I kind of stopped watching as I got a little older and some of my friends are like, eh, it's fake. I don't want to watch that anymore. So I didn't really watch it for a few years. And then I kind of started watching again um, in 97. Um, I start well, I guess 96 I was watching WCW. I'd watch it uh, Saturday nights on WCW Saturday night on TBS at 6.05. I was living in the West Coast, so it came on at 3.05. Um and then a friend turned me on to WWF, and he's like, oh, you know, well, you need to watch them too. Because um, I was really taken in by, you know, the cruiserweights, um, you know, the, the luchadors and stuff in WCW, and Diamond Dallas Page was, was one of the first big stars to me that really stood out. Um, so I was a big fan of him and, and all the things he had going on at the time, especially with, you know, his feuds that would lead to with Raven and, and Benoit and Mortis and all that stuff, and... Um, the flock was was a was a really cool thing to me as well, um, and then I started watching WWF. Uh, the first WWF show I watched, my friend gave me his his the version that he had bought the pay per view the night before and recorded it off of TV, and it was Bad Blood '97, the Hell in a Cell with uh, Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker, and so that was kind of. And then after that, I was watching both pretty regularly, and I've had a few years in the here and there where I've kind of changed and not really watched as much or I kind of don't, you know, kind of just watch more of the indie stuff and, and don't really watch the main, uh, the mainstay product. Um, you know, but it's, it's pretty much been, cons- you know, that's pretty much the main story there. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Okay. Did you watch dynamite? 
I have not watched Dynamite yet. Um, I don't have cable, and so I didn't know how to access it. I didn't really dig around. Um, attempting to access it, because I know some people are like, oh, you can watch it through you know, the TNT app. But from my experience, most of those apps for cable networks, one of the first things you have to do is prove that you have cable ownership, you know, that you have a cable subscription. They're trying to stop the cord cutters like myself. Um, and I don't have that info to provide to them. So I have not watched it. I watched NXT. But for whatever reason, the NXT version on Hulu la uh, this morning was still only a one-hour version. It was not a two-hour version of NXT. Um, I only saw the three title matches, uh, Velveteen Dreams promo and a couple video packages. Apparently there were other matches um, as well. I think Pete Dunn, didn't Pete Dunn wrestle uh, somebody in NXT as well? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that match was not included on mine. Any Birch. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, so I didn't see that match. Um, it felt like some of the matches were cut shorter, but that may I'm not sure if that's just due to the match is continuing through the commercials, and that's something I'm still getting used to with NXT. Um, or if they really did kind of take an extended commercial break and shave a few minutes off the match just to make it a one-hour version. And I'm wondering if this is going to be continued with Hulu, if they're literally just going to give you a one-hour version of the NXT show. Because if so, that's kind of sad. That lets off a lot of television stuff. The shortened version maybe... of Raw is already kind of weird because they cut out a whole lot of stuff. They leave like a lot yeah. of the the promos and the backstage stuff, but they seem to cut a whole lot out as far as matches go. I, I wonder if this is um, maybe a contractual thing. Maybe they only they only do an hour. Yeah, or maybe you know, I mean, this was the first time they did two hours, but it's you know, like when they ha when there's a takeover event. I'll get the takeover events on Hulu. They may be a day or two later. It's not necessarily, you know, the very next day like it is with the NXT Weekly Show. Um, but I, but the, but the takeovers are in their entirety. You know, the whole two and a half, three hour event is on there. Um, so I don't, I don't know. There's a whole lot of will uh, remain to be seen with uh, with everything. Yeah. Well, dynamite was definitely interesting. Yeah, I've and I've I've read and heard, you know, some people who um who looked at both or who watched both um and their kind of opinions about one versus the other. Um and I mean and it's important for them to provide, you know, different products. That's the whole point. That's how they're going to capture people. Um, you know, is is not having mere products, but you're going to have to present something different. Mm -hmm. uh, did you check out the NWA tapings? Well, I was not at attendance um, for the NWA tapings. Um, and what's so I don't know what is the deal. Now I saw something where they're going to be putting them like as weekly episodes on YouTube. But then I remember hearing somebody say that in the Atlanta area, um, you could watch the weekly episodes on, uh, you know, PBS on the local Georgia Public Broadcasting Station. So I don't know what what exactly um, 
when that's going to air there and, and when it's going to air on YouTube. I have followed the picture, you know, I watched some of the pictures and video clips from some of our friends, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I was unfortunately yeah, was not that, able to be in attendance. see what happens. But a whole lot of, in, you know, I mean, yeah, you I, had. I feel like it snuck up on us too. Yeah, yeah, I seem to, th I thought that the NWA tapings were, for whatever reason, I thought they were closer to Thanksgiving. I guess that's like the second set of tapings or at the end of November, maybe. Um, yeah, but that first mm. set of tapings kind of snuck up on me, too. But, I mean, think about all the things that happened for wrestling this week. Um, this past weekend, um, New Japan had three shows on the East Coast um, in Massachusetts on... Uh, Friday on Saturday they were in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, and then I think they were in um, maybe in Philly at the twenty three hundred Arena on Sunday. So you had that, you know, um, featuring the the you know it wasn't just a, a New Japan co branded; it was a new full New Japan events with full roster and everything there. Um, some titles being defended each night, and then you had the tapings of the NWA, you know, Monday and Tuesday, as well as um, you know the season premiere of Raw. And, um, you know, now the, the first week of, of the Wednesday Night Wars, as some people are already starting to call it. Um, and then, you know, tomorrow is the first week of uh, SmackDown on Fox. And then we also hear that, that there's going to be this, you know, uh, a panel talk show, uh, WWE themed, that will be on Fox Sports 1. I haven't heard what day and time that'll be on, but there's going to be a whole lot of wrestling. And then if you factor into some of the other things, you know, um, beyond wrestling is doing another season of their uncharted territory series where they, where they have a live event every week. I think they're doing theirs Thursdays actually. Um, but they're doing a season of that where it'll be available, you know, a live stream every single week on, on, uh, independent wrestling TV, you know, MLW still has their stuff. They're just announcing that they're, Doing a women's division, they'll you know. So they've talked about some of the people that they've signed to bring in for that, including uh, you know somebody we've seen a few times in Zeta Zhang um, was being as being signed to the MLW women's division. Uh, and I mean, that's just that's just really to yeah, name a few. This right, and let's not forget that uh, Axis still airs New Japan Pro Wrestling on Friday nights as well. Oh, and yes. And now, and you know, you had Tuesday night with Impact Wrestling. Yeah, Impact is going to be on Access now. Um, wow, Superheroes is still on is is on Access there with, I think, the same night that New Japan is. Um, and, yeah, Impact, you know, once again, moving channels, but this time, um, you know, getting, getting another channel that is used to having wrestling, I guess, because they've been doing the New Japan, you know, best of kind of New Japan show there for a couple of years. Um, well, also a was, channel that people actually have heard of. Yeah, a channel that people may have heard of. Um, you know, it's still on your extended cable. You know, you're not going to get it with your basic setup of 100 channels. Um, you know, cert only certain cable providers carry it. Um, but it is, it is definitely bigger for them as, uh, you know, they're getting, hopefully that can lead to more viewers as, you know, the, the biggest thing is, the, the product hasn't really suffered 
You know, they've always had a good roster. They've always had interesting in-ring action. Um, it's there's just unfortunately there's a lot of other things that played into the struggles of uh, of TNA and Impact Rest. You know, now Impact Wrestling, but but it's 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 as people you know it's an exciting time for wrestling and and i you know talked to people over the last couple of months and everybody says like it feels kind of like there's this this holding pattern right like even with wwe not really taking a lot of chances and and you know some of these other companies like not really having a lot of sh- as many shows or putting as much into shows it's kind of like everybody's waiting till this week to see where things go and then everybody's going to kind of react based on that um you know, but we we got the the you know the preliminary ratings have already come in for um, both AEW Dynamite and um, and NXT on uh, on USA. I think NXT did nine hundred ninety some almost thousand viewers, yeah. eight ninety one, yeah, almost nine hundred, and then AEW Dynamite on TNT did uh, one point four. Um, so you know, outstanding. For their first episode, um, you know, they they did a lot of hype for it. You know, they had the production trucks out. They were showing commercials, um, you know, a lot on TNT and the Turner Affiliate Networks, um, you know, banner advertisements and stuff all over all over the online media. Um, so hopefully they can hit that 1.4 consistently and keep it rising as, you know, people have start to s- – start to watch it and kind of get the, you know, get the word of mouth going and the social media buzz like, Hey, yes, there's this other wrestling program. Hey, yes, it's actually pretty good. You might enjoy it. You know, here's why, um, that that rating can continue and, you know, see where, what WWE has to do to try to compete with that. You know, they've already started, you know, I mean, if you watch last week's or last night's NXT, you know, at, a they they shuffled things around very strangely. The NXT title match actually opened the show, um, and Finn Balor came out afterwards and said that he's NXT now. So that's the way that they're doing it. You know, uh, a top you know a top tier talent from Raw has now moved to NXT, where he is saying that this is going where he's going to wrestle. So if fans of his who have seen him on Raw and SmackDown etc. want to watch him now. NXT has to be the place. Um, and then you had Tomasa Ciampa announce his return um, at the end of the night as well. Um, so he will be returning. Uh, so just a lot of interesting and exciting things. Yeah, it, it definitely will be interesting. I mean, and of course, you you can say that maybe the first battle of this, the Wednesday Night Wars, has been so far won by AEW, but... The machine that is literally still, still king. I mean, you know, you, you see the the Monday Night Raw premiere, what did an average of what two point five, almost two point six. So it's kind of like yeah, Raw's Raw's the hard one to topple. It's going to be a long mm-hmm. time before AEW can match those numbers. I think um, because right. Raw, and the I, biggest thing that Raw has consistency. You know, people have been watching Raw for over twenty years. You know. You know, even the the most casual fans can be can go. Oh yeah, there's wrestling on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. And here's about where it is. Um, so it'll take. I think it'll take a little bit of time for them to topple that giant. And NXT on USA for the first time. I mean, there's still a lot of, you know, WWE fans who watch Raw. 
you know, who watch SmackDown, who don't watch NXT, they don't care about NXT. Mm -hmm. Their their idea is pretty much, oh, it's it's the my, you know, it's it's AAA, it's the minor leagues, right? When those guys are good enough, they'll be on Raw and SmackDown, um, right? You know, I think I think WWE to some extent did such a good job over the last fifteen plus years in trying to make people think that anything that isn't on Raw and SmackDown isn't worth noticing, that it now kind of bites them in the butt a little bit. When it comes to the, to NXT, even, people are like, oh, yeah, these guys are still, you know, it's a development. These guys are still training. You know, it's it's the minor leagues of WWE. Like, I'll, I'll wait till those guys are, are good enough to be on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and, and we'll definitely be talking more in more detail about all this, but, uh, yeah. I think also thinking about SmackDown Live being on Fox, you know, big Fox, and that's a network TV channel. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you, you can have rabbit ears and get Fox. Yeah. That's how accessible yeah. it is. Yeah. it's If you have rabbit ears, there's like three or four channels you get, and you'll be able to see Friday Night SmackDown. Um, you know, and they're already talking about bringing out, you know, big guns for this, for this premiere, you know, of, um, you know, I mean, heck on Monday they had Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, you know, challenge stuff. And yet again, this was challenged to set the Saudi shows. So everybody watches those and kind of forgets that, you know, oh yeah, it's, it's, we're going to Saudi Arabia and, and they do bad things to the United States. Like forget about that. Watch Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. But, you know, so we might see more from them on SmackDown. You know, we they were advertised that The Rock would make an appearance, um, you know, whether it's in person or via satellite, as uh, The Rock has been known to do, um, yeah. will remain to be seen. But, you know, this was The Rock recently said, you know, just as, as much as a few weeks ago in some in an interview that he was officially done with wrestling. Um, you know, I guess those were to quelch rumors of him ever returning to the ring to wrestle again. But, you know, if WWE calls with that money, he can still come in as, like, a celebrity guest at this point, you know? you come in, cut a promo, you know, he'll mediate something between people and, you know, an angle. You know, maybe he'll throw a few punches or something. But, um, yeah, so they're literally trying to bring out the big guns because it is a big thing. And Fox has been pushing it very hard, you know, having, um, I you know, even talks of... WWE on the, the little Fox News ticker, you know, when they're given the sports rundown, so and so just mm-hmm. signed a new contract, you know, like putting putting that stuff in there, um, as well as you know, at various games that are on Big Fox, if a WWE person is in attendance, they will kind of say, "Hey, look, it's you know, WWE superstar, you know, Rey Mysterio is here watching the game, having a good time, you know." Even Don't forget to check. Fox. But uh, that's what I'm on, saying, on and they're the- like. On the football game today, the halftime show of the NFL game that was uh, streamed live on, I think, I think it was CBS and Amazon Prime, uh, they had uh, Roman Reigns there during the halftime. So, uh, okay, yeah. Fo- so Fox is not pulling any punches. Yeah, I think they understand that in order to make this investment work, they have to put in a lot. Because, you know, for years and years and years and years, you know, the, the mainstream sports community has pretty much mocked professional wrestling, right? It said, oh, it's not legit. It's not, you know, it's not the same thing as, as what we're doing over here. So we're not even really going to talk about it. It's pretty much, you know, it's like the movies, right? Um, versus 
you know, an actual sport. So now there's this big money agreement. I think they realize they have to try and convince people that this is something you need to pay attention to now. Um, you know, this, the, they got to sit here and, and make, not necessarily make it seem legitimate, but make it seem as though it's interesting. And it's something that you need to, to invest your time in. Yes. You may like watching basketball games and, and golf and, you know, and football or whatever, but, you can get that same enjoyment for professional wrestling. You know, now they're now they're pushing that, which is which in itself is is a huge thing for the public perception of what professional wrestling is. Absolutely. I think uh, I think all gloves were off once uh, once everybody realized that a big network is willing to pay a lot of money for live product and even in the age of cable you know, ratings declining not just the wrestling but in all forms all the, t- the tv shows that used to be the highest are, are are going down football games everything is just i think it's the way of life people are evolving but the fact that even even with all that espn is willing to put so much money for ufc and Fox and USA are willing to put up so much money for David Louis. And now TNT, you know, you know, wanted nothing to do with wrestling in 2000, 2001. And now look at him back in the game. That, that's the game, a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, yeah, it's, I think the, the world perception has changed you know i mean i've i've read stories about a lot of things with turner and at the time when things um when things were uh went right in 2001 they had been spending they've been spending so much money um on you know on turner and on wcw and they weren't feeling they were getting their money back i've heard stories that the network was trying to the Turner network was trying to dictate storylines and, and what, you know, what wrestlers and what characters could be on TV. Um, you know, so there were a whole lot of things then and as the culture changed and as pop culture has changed, you know, over the last, you know, 18 years now, um, I think there is a different perception of what professional wrestling was and is and can be. And, uh, and people are finding that there's, you know, I, people are willing to take a chance on it again, which is huge. Um, wrestling is always kind of comes in up and down kind of booms um, where you know, you, there'll be a whole lot of wrestling around and then there won't be as much wrestling around or people or you know, you'll always kind of have your core fans, but it comes and goes with, uh, you know, trends in, in viewership and, and, um, and just what, what, you know, what's popular, what's entertaining. And you mentioned that, you know, a lot of people aren't watching live stuff anymore. And I think that's one of the things that's helped professional wrestling in a sense is so much is on demand. Um, you don't just now have, you know, you didn't just have to watch on Monday nights, you know, battle flipping back and forth between channels. We're back to that world again. But you have the option now where, you know, one of them is vying for your live attention, but you can still watch the other one as a fan. You don't have to say, man, if I watch this segment of AEW Dynamite, I'm going to miss this segment of NXT because the NXT will be on the W Network. The AEW Dynamite will be, you know, on uh, available on TNT's website and stuff. So you could, 
there is that Monday Night War for the live viewership, but you know, I think most like diehard fans are still going to watch both. It's just one maybe preempted. Now, I don't know how the ratings work. I don't know if you know if you set your DVR to record something if that counts as a rating. I don't know if an on-demand watch later counts towards the rating um, and sponsorship money and all this. Like, I don't know how any of those numbers work, um, but I do imagine there still is a big importance of watching the event live as it happens to sponsors, to um, you know, to to the networks and stuff, because then you don't have the option to fast forward through commercials and these kind of things that you do when you're watching it back on demand later. Yeah, I, I, I still think it's crazy, but uh, that in this day and age, uh, you know, wrestling, maybe it has ups and downs, but now we're coming back to maybe this may be an up, you know, with uh, seeing so many more pro promotions out there, you know, as we continue to see, you know, AEW continue to gain this momentum, but then, you know, Billy Corgan and at the NWA, and now they're taping shows, and they are working uh, to put shows out there in different uh, venues. And uh, just when we thought that Impact had no more live, you know, they, 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 they you know, it's just that they're back, and uh, New Japan continues to be New Japan, and they could they're continuing to. Uh, Grow and evolve on their own. Ring of Honor is well, Ring of Honor, um, and you know you got other places emerging like MLW, who who do very well uh, on Friday nights with Fusion, and now you know doing the pay per views with the next pay per view coming up uh, in November. I mean. You're talking about a field where we thought, you know, pay-per-view was that once the early network came out, but uh, there are still places out there who understand, hey, for a reasonable price, uh, you can do this and you can make it happen. Uh, and that's, that's also crazy. But nonetheless, this is where we're at. I mean, it's 2019 and it's a wild year, and, and we're literally just going to see the start of, of all of this as the year comes to a close um, and then 2020, I think is when things are really going to hit hard um, because, you know, some of these places, some of these things will kind of have the kinks worked out. Uh, you know, some of these shows, you know, AEW and, and the NWA and stuff will, you know, have gotten into a stride of doing a weekly television show um, and seeing what works and what doesn't and, you know, uh, what, what fans want and what fans don't want, you know, that they can provide. Um, that nobody else is providing, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that the NWA is doing, you know, they, they're trying to find a niche product because they know there is so much wrestling out there. And as fans, you know, not only with television, but the internet and all this, you have access to the entire history of professional wrestling that was ever recorded, basically with the help of the WWE network and YouTube and daily motion and, you know, independent wrestling TV and so many, you know, several others title match network and stuff, you know, you can watch just about anything. So in order to get people, they're they're having to find a niche within a niche, and that's what you know the NWA is doing with their, you know, if you saw the pictures or or videos of of their studio tapings, I mean, they're very much taking it back to the '70s and '80s style of studio taping, um, you know, and the wrestling style I think is going to reflect that a little bit. You know, the characters might reflect that a little bit, but it is still going to have 
you know, a, a modern innovative twist with, a, you know, um, to it as far as, you know, some of the wrestling action goes and, and you new use of media. Um, but they're trying to find and say, Hey, you know, some, there are some people who want more, you know, who want more professional wrestling in their professional wrestling. They want less the sports entertainment aspect. They want stuff that's similar to, you know, the older stuff that they've watched or that their parents watched or they watched when they were younger, however it may be. Um, so that's, that's the thing now too, is, is people are going, you know, you're going to have your, and you've always had this, I guess, in wrestling to some extent, but now with more variety on television, you're going to have access to that. Yeah. And, you know, going back, you know, I, I did ask you how you, you know, you start uh, watching wrestling. When I started watching wrestling uh, back in uh, the third world country that I, that I call Peru, I it was much different for me. I didn't get to see the superstars. I actually got the video game. The video game was what introduced me to wrestling. WrestleMania uh, playing on uh, my uh, Nintendo, if I remember correctly. And I would uh, see Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, The Legion of Doom, The Undertaker, Ted DiBiase, The Million Dollar Man, Jake the Snake Roberts. And I learned about all of these wrestlers through a video game. As soon as I came to the United States in 1992, the first ever show I saw that, uh, was uh, WrestleMania, 1990, uh, WrestleMania 9 uh, for Caesars Palace in 1993. And I was like, this this is this is what heaven looks like i said to myself uh and it, it, it has been one wild ride for me since then i mean that's a very very interesting way to show how you know i mean of course ac across countries and stuff is is one thing in itself but to show how the difference in media so you know people talk about you know, well, why is, you know, WWE Studios, they make, you know, they, they have their, they're making movies and video games and, you know, there's a, a WWE comic book and all this. And some of that is for fans of, you know, wrestling to have other ways to spend their money that involve wrestling. But others of it is like that. I think it's meant to be like, hey, you know, yeah, I like playing, you know, I've never really watched wrestling, but I play the video game when I'm at my friend's house and it's pretty cool. And then eventually maybe that leads to them watching wrestling or somebody who's big into to comics, you know, oh, there's this WWE comic. Like, I remember watching wrestling when I was a kid. I haven't watched it in a long time. Like, they flip through the comic and go, oh, you know, some of these characters are kind of cool. Maybe I need to check this stuff out. Um, so I think that's, you know, in a power of the merchandising working, I guess, in the reverse way where the, you brought in by the merchandise rather than you being a core fan and then going out and seeking the merchandise. Yeah, so so let's kind of take a, a look here now a little bit about what's been happening. Of course, we've been in hiatus since Ju June, sometime in mid June, uh, early July. Right. Uh, a lot, yeah. a lot has happened this summer in wrestling. Um, it's, and, yeah, it's been a big summer and a big a big start to fall already. Yeah, so I mean, we're not going to go back and cover all of it. Uh, but we can touch on a few things. Uh, of course, we've been talking about the biggest thing for Lee, and that is their transition into, uh, you know, the two networks, the two shows. Uh, and, well, my favorite thing is happening. No more wild card. No more crazy interbranding promotion. 
you know, we're finally going to get another draft and a final draft, at least for the time being, uh, where both Raw and SmackDown will have their own individual rosters, which I'm assuming maybe we'll still cross-promote for uh, Survivor Series. Maybe not. That's to be determined. Yeah, maybe, maybe for specific big events, you know, Survivor Series, the Royal Rumble, maybe, you know, um, of course, WrestleMania and a couple others, you know, they may do more cross-promoting. Yeah, but that, to me, is exciting. I, I've never cared for this back and forth. Yeah, it. I find it. It kind. Of, the problem is, is what you ran into when they tried the brand, the brand split before. Sometimes is that, you know, the the whole point of the brand split is to give more television time to everybody, right? Is to kind of equally distribute so the pe- you know, so you get more than just your main eventers uh, on the show. And the problem is when they started doing this wild card is yeah now storylines are crossing between the brands. So you, that means you have those few people that are involved in that storyline on Mondays and on t- you know Tuesdays, you know soon to be Fridays. Um, and so you'd end up, I, I felt like you kind of get overdosed on certain things and then there wouldn't leave a whole lot of time for a lot of really, really talented wrestlers. And once they brought in the 24-7 title, like that kind of became the place to give all of these people that they weren't using on television like a brief glimpse on television, you know, people who, uh, you know, some of them have gotten a little bit more TV time over the last couple of months, but you know, a guy like Cedric Alexander and buddy Murphy and, um, you know, EC three. I mean, these guys who came from, you know, other brands and <coughs> were supposed to be highly featured and highly touted, but there just wasn't television time for them. Once they brought, once they started having the big stars go back and forth, you know, um, pretty regularly. So hopefully that means that, not only do the already established stars maintain their their statuses and keep their you know television time and storylines going, but it gives a lot of new faces chances to to go in and have kind of breakout moments um, and become become you know stars for the next generation. And so, with that, did you expect? Uh, some of the things that you've seen lately uh, be what happens. Uh, let's let's go ahead and take a look now. First, we get the Fiend as the next challenger to uh, Seth Rollins, who, by the way, PWI number one wrestler of the year. Kudos. First time WWE ever acknowledged it. Oh, really? Crazy. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of world we're in in 2019 as well. Um, <laughs> that that they're acknowledging that. Um, now, my biggest thing is challenge title matches. Okay. Um, because, you know, the fiend has had how many televised matches since coming back? He beat Valor, um, you know, in his debut. That was his only like official match, right? Yep. I, as far as and, I can remember. And now he's gets, a shot at the top championship in the company. And that's kind of my thing is I, you know, yet again, so what's the point of having, you know, all these other people on the roster? Like, why isn't a guy, why is a guy like EC3 sitting backstage sipping coffee, chasing around the 24 seven title? If he really wants to just run on stage, 
you know, hit Seth Rollins with the chair, and now you get a main event at a pay-per-view because you make this challenge versus having to work hard and fight a bunch of matches and have a good win-loss record and win number one contenderships and win, you know, various things like that. What's the point of doing that? If you can literally just hop out on stage and start trash-talking the champ when he's in the ring or just jump them and you automatically go to the front of the line. That's definitely interesting. I think the, what they're doing with The Fiend is, is different. So I'll give him props for trying to do something different. Well, it's, it's very an interesting and unusual character. And, you know, it's the month of October. So typically in the past, this is when Undertaker would have, you know, one of his famous, you know, gimmick matches, a casket or a buried alive or hell in a cell or something. So you have to bring your dark character to, to be the big villain uh, in the month of October. And they're doing that with the fiend and the, and the character is really unusual. It's, it's different, you know, when, with him transitioning back and forth, you know, his firefly Funhouse. You know, and then and then his his dark half, you know, the fiend coming out there and and just destroying people and in in the dark and the shadows and um, it's a very interesting character and I like the character I like what they're doing with it, um, you know, and the program with Seth Rollins, you know, seems to be interesting so far. They'll probably have a good match um, at uh, you know at the at the show at the big show, but. Yet again, the my that's kind of the the big th- the big way you earn championship matches. Like Sasha Banks came back, and how did you know she pretty much earned a championship match by beating up the champion, even though she had been away for some time. Um, so all the w- rest of the women in the division who've been fighting hard, you know, trying to work their way up, like Dana Brooke or something, who's fighting every week on main event, hoping one day maybe she'll get a title shot. You know, like well, all of her work goes for nothing because somebody else just comes back and jumps right to the front of the line because they. They challenge the champion. Yeah, it's that's definitely something. But I guess if you want to make the fiend a credible character, because Bray Wyatt has gone up and down here, uh, this is this is a good way to go ahead and write the slight momentum. You know what? What else do you have? Uh, and then you know, talking about people making comebacks, as we look at Hell in a Cell, and it was been announced so far for this Sunday. Becky Lynch, who has continued to prove that she is the man in the WWE, uh, she continues to reign supreme as Royal Women's Championship. She's defending against the re- the person who many thought was gone forever. She was going to pull a CM Punk, a, uh, a, a t- take her ball and go home. And Sasha Banks came back and she, you know, whatever it was, you know, whether it was really a thing or it was all a work, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, she came back, people fired up, and now here she is, uh, another person, but you know, who has earned her shot and will be facing the men in a uh, hell in the cell match uh, for the Royal Women's Championship. I mean, I'm happy to see Sasha Banks back. You know, I, I like her. I like her in ring work. I think she's a, a really good entertainer and, you know, a talented wrestler. Um, you know, and and I know that her and Becky will be able to have a really good match. And I think this they've done the, they've handled this very very well. Um, you know, is is that's the way you kind of get you kind of get over with the you know we've talked about getting over with various groups of people trying to get your character and, and especially as a heel it's it's kind of difficult somewhat in 2019 because the veil is pulled back so far you know 
you're going to have casual fans who are kind of going to, you know, cheer the good guys and boo the bad guys. And you're going to have some casual fans who are going to like to cheer the bad guys, you know, regardless. But you're going to have your kind of smart fans who are going to cheer and boo people based on their own, you know, what they think. And, you know, oh, this person's better in the ring wrestler or, you know, oh, this person, you know, is a good, is, is a hard worker and they put in so much time and, you know, and, and, and that's why you should like them regardless of whether they're a heel or a face. You know, that's why like Kevin Owens is a heel still gets a lot of cheers because people respect his work acumen and they respect his, his, you know, uh, commitment to the craft to, to be a good bad guy, you know, like, so the people who get over as the biggest bad guys now with both the casual and the smart fans are the ones who, who act like, you know, or, or who the smart fans deem don't deserve to be in the position they're in. Um, you know, and, and two of the people who've done so well at that over the last several years have been Brock Lesnar and Baron Corbin has done a really good job of that because they treat themselves as though they're bigger than professional wrestling. Okay. Brock, you know, can't, can't be bothered to come to Monday night raw all the time. Can't be bothered to show up to be, you know, to, to every single monthly pay-per-view to defend his championship, you know? Um, and Baron Corbin sits here and, you know, yeah, feel, you know, people feel like, Oh, he doesn't deserve to be there. He's not that good of a wrestler. He doesn't done anything. You know, he came from the world of football. He just jumped into wrestling late in life. Like all these things that irritate the smart fans, you know, because he feels that he he portrays himself as as though he he's bigger than professional wrestling, um, and that he doesn't need wrestling. Wrestling needs him. Um, you know, so so Sasha taking this absence and all these rumors about you know her, you know, being upset with creative and even some of the rumors of her you know throwing tantrums like a spoiled child and and these kind of things and just going away and not really telling people a whole lot like. That's the kind of stuff that uh, that started irritating the smart fans because they they're like, oh well, she's so good, and you know, here she is throwing this, and you know, um, and all these things, you know, they thought she said and did, like it made them feel that she didn't appreciate the things that wrestling had done for her, the things that wrestling had given her. Um, so that's how she got, you know, heel heat, so to speak, from those kind of smart fans. And you come back and you do the standard things that a heel does in wrestling and you're going to get the casual fans to boo you. So I think that she's done a good job um, of capitalizing on that. And so I know that her and Becky can have a really good match and, you know, depending on how they do this, they could, you know, these could be the two, you know, two of the top women that could, could have a long standing feud, you know, kind of be a, a rock and Austin, so to speak um, for some time going for this title and just kind of be the, two of the top ones. Um, it, you know, I'm really, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes and, and for the match at, at hell in a cell. Yeah. Now, as we continue to talk about returns, it is Thursday and you know what that means. We actually get to talk about Luke Harper in a WWE ring. He's also back after months and months and months and you know the word that he asked for his release, and yeah, he was supposedly you know. injured, and then he asked for his release and all this some time ago. And it's yeah, I, I can't even tell you when the last time he was on television prior to his return. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was for the uh, World's Collide tournament, 
or either oh, yeah. that or something for WrestleMania. It, it weekend. was I yeah, remember. it was the Worlds Collide, and then even before that, he hadn't been featured on TV as much, I guess, because he had been injured or something. But it's been a long time, um, and I think a lot of people were kind of wondering, like, well, is he really ring shape ready? Is he <laughs> is he going to quit and leave and kind of hit the independence again, or is he just kind of done and fed up with wrestling? Um, but he made his re- he made his return and. Apparently the Bludgeon Brothers are, are back together as well. Um, you know, Rowan was just biding his time with Daniel Bryan until until Luke Harper could return. Apparently, and you know they're back. I, I don't know if they're they have been called the Bludgeon Brothers since they've been put back, but Rowan and Harper are indeed back, and they're back in a big way as they will be teaming up against Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns at Hell in the Cell. I mean, what a way, you know, he's back and he's in the big match with two of the biggest stars on the roster. Yeah, I mean, really thrust right back into a, into a big profile spot. Um, I've always liked Harper. You know, I liked him. Um, some of the stuff I saw of his on the indie scene um, before he made it to WWE. Um, you know, he had, he, he was a good, interesting fit with the Wyatt family. And then as they kind of dissolved a little bit, um, you know, and he had the singles run where he was, you know, feuding with Dean Ambrose there for a long time. Um, thought they really did some good stuff. So I'm definitely happy to see, see Luke Harper back. Um, and, you know, put into a big, a big spotlight against, against two of the top, you know, performers in the company. I think that's, that's a really good place for him. I think he's gonna, he's gonna be able to match them. I don't think he's going to look out of place. And so that's 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 all we know as far as I know. For Hell in the Cell, I guess a lot more will be set up uh, this Friday night on SmackDown. But, you know, Hell in the Cell really may, maybe sort of feels like a, a transitioning pay-per-view. Uh, of course, we have Crown Jewel. Uh, also coming up uh, on uh, Halloween day uh, where, you know, there'll be the five on five team Hogan versus team Flair match uh, with uh, Seth Rollins and Randy Orton as respective team captains. And we're also going to have an appearance by the undertaker. Of course, this is the fourth event uh, of the uh, partnership between uh, Saudi Arabia, the Saudi Arabian government and the WWE, uh, which I believe is about 10 years or so. Uh, so uh, another huge one, but, you know, except, you know, after that, I guess the next big pay-per-view for on the main roster will be uh, Survivor Series. So I guess we'll really get to see what happens uh, in the long term with, with you know, Survivor Series and uh, and, and so on. I think uh, TLC is in December, uh, but a, a lot happening in in the uh, Raw and SmackDown brands on the main roster. Uh, they've gained a lot of re- wrestlers back, but they've also lost a title. How do you feel, Danny, about the NXT Cruiserweight Championship? Well, I mean, you were the you were the one who who brought that to my attention a little earlier today. Um, you know, last week's NXT they had the number one contendership match on NXT, which I thought was a little strange. But I was like, okay, 
you know, it's it's on USA. They're trying to bring some extra extra stuff. Um, but then it was advertised this week on um, on NXT that next week the Cruiserweight title match would happen on NXT, which I think is kind of strange because there's an entire one hour a week brand for the Cruiserweights. So I'm a little confused. It's already kind of strange, you know, that um, that they have a whole one hour show, but they've pretty much now moved that brand's championship to NXT. Now, I don't know if, if that means that it's going to be exclusive to NXT or what, but it, it's, it seems really strange. Now, there has been a little bit more talent trading between 205 and NXT over the last several months. You know, some of the people from the NXT breakout tournament have made appearances on uh, NXT and then gone to 205, and um, some of 205's people have kind of come to, to NXT. But I... I do find it very strange that it's now the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. It doesn't really make sense to me um, why you would just brand that to NXT Championship. Like I said, when there's already a whole one-hour weekly show for that championship specifically, that is for that division. Um, that would be like having a women's wrestling show and then just taking the women's belt and just moving it and making it a Raw exclusive match. So it's so what so all these people are fighting. For on the weekly show to have a chance to go to another brand and fight for that brand's belt that there it's, it seems weird. It's just kind of convoluted to me. I don't really like and understand it. Um, as two five has been, been one of the few shows that I've watched consistently over the last couple of years. Um, you know, since the Drake Maverick era started, um, and, and it's, I'm a little confused by why they're taking away that, that championship. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it, it is weird, but yeah, the WWE website has him has it listed as the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Um, I guess they decided to move things along, especially with the new changes coming. Uh, they maybe they wanted to make it an NXT brand. Um, I mean, you know, it could also make sense because you know. Triple H has taken over control of 205 Live, uh, and you know, see, you know, since I believe well, less than a year ago, and uh, we've seen the improvements of it. You know, it like, like it's one of those shows that you, you definitely make sure you don't miss. Uh, and yeah, it's really, it's really fun television. Uh, well, on, on the network, but yeah, it's moving to Friday nights. Uh, after SmackDown, I guess, uh, like, like it did on Tuesdays. But, you know, N NXT has seen a lot of changes. You know, now in, in the third week on the USA Network, uh, this week being on the USA Network for the full two hours, uh, and, you know, they're really pulling no punches with them either because, uh, you know, they announced Johnny Gargano is staying on NXT, Finn Balor has returned to NXT full time for the time being. Then you got Breezango uh, back in NXT, and of course you have the Undisputed Era, who have almost all the belts. Not not now they can't claim they have all the belts anymore since you know unless yeah, they get a crucial with the NXT to become undisputed. Um, 
But you know, you you have that going, and of course, to end the show, we get Tommaso Ciampa returning, uh, and that's huge. Uh, I mean, I think the NXT uh, is definitely going to see a lot of more people from the main roster come back to it for the time being to beef it up a little bit more with some names that the mainstream crowd know and love. Yeah, there was – there was now, see, I did, the ballad was a little unexpected, but the, I had seen rumors for a couple weeks that Kevin Owens was in talks that he wanted to go back to NXT. You know, he – he is friends with a lot of the people there. He never, you know, I guess he wanted to to work with Adam Cole again, either be it, you know, uh, probably challenge him for the the championship. Um, so I, you know, there were rumors that Kevin Owens might be coming to NXT for a little while, um, but they they threw us the curve with Balor. The last time we saw Balor was, you know, getting, you know, quote unquote, killed by the Fiend. You know, had his neck snapped or whatever. Um, but Balor is, you know, is a former NXT champion and, and looks to, to try and become that again, I guess. But it'll be interesting if they're, you know, since it is on the big network now, I guess they're, now is the time that NXT starts getting treated like a fully fleshed out third brand instead of just a developmental brand. Um, and I guess this, you know, having people come back to it, at least, you know, temporarily um, kind of helps show Hey, it's important. It's something you need to be paying attention to. Yeah, and of course, we also have Pete Dunn, the Bruiser Weight, uh, uh, now back uh, on NXT full time. He's done with the UK, and as we've seen also on uh, the last two weeks of NXT, Imperium uh, is on uh, NXT. Yeah, will that be uh, a full time move? Maybe not. Maybe not at this time. But I think they're planting those seeds. Yeah, they're planting seeds to have people go back and forth between the UK because um, you have, you know, uh, who all, you know, Rhea Ripley seems to be full time NXT now. You know, she was the first uh, NXT UK Women's Champion, um, or not the first, but a former champion. Um, I can't. I haven't really paid attention to the UK brand a lot, but. Um, you know, you had in the past some of their people come over, um, but now, yeah, Dunn's full-time with NXT. You know, Walter and Imperium have this feud now with Kushida, um, and and who knows where that could lead to. Um, you know, but, you know, you had Chris, you know, Cassius Ono um, jump from NXT to go to the UK, and he's been a fixture on the, the uh, UK, for, for quite a few months now. Um, so it's it's really, really interesting. It's a really interesting time to see what WWE is going to do to try and change things up and, and draw attention. Because the biggest thing is you're going to have you're going to have your diehard wrestling fans who are always going to pay attention, always really watch and follow what's going on. So now the fight is to make sure that those diehards are watching the show every week and not just, you know, reading about it online or, you know, watching clips somewhere um, or watching it later on the network, you want them to watch live. But then now is time to pull a lot of your more casual fans um, in again, or get them to say, "Oh yeah, well you may just watch Raw every week, but you need to watch SmackDown. You need to watch NXT. You need to watch the UK. 
Um, you know, you need to watch 205 and and get them to think that all the brands are important again because for the longest, longest time, Raw was the only thing that really mattered. Um, so it seemed to a lot of fans. Um, and, you know, Raw's viewership versus SmackDown's viewership was an indicator of that for a long time. You know, about two-thirds of the people um, that watched Raw would, would watch SmackDown. And so I think now they're going to have to do more to say, hey, you need to, you know, everything we're doing is important. You need to watch everything, not just, you know, the big show once a week or even just the pay-per-view once a month. Um, there's a lot of good stuff happening, and, and we want you to pay attention to all of it. Yeah, and I definitely like the direction of NXT. Uh, they're definitely getting loaded with a lot of the talent that people know and love. And, and of course, they're continuing this you know, great, uh, fun uh, mini-feud with Keith Lee and Dijakovic, uh, which you know, did well in the indies. I, I got to yeah. uh, be there for two or three of those matches. Um, and man, it's, uh, you know, they continue to here. Of course, uh, you have Matt Riddle who okay. continues to, uh, you know, get hot everywhere. And man, that, that guy is over like Rover. Uh, and of course, we did mention on the Spirit era. And of course, Gargano staying in NXT is huge. The women's division continue to grow. And just when we think, you know, it can't get bigger than this, you know, with. Baser, then we get Ripley and finally somebody who looks like an equal. Tacting division as well continues to grow. You you see continue you see all these stars they continue to bring. You know, we, we've seen the, the tournaments they've had and the people they have. I mean, Kushida was a huge get. Uh, I think uh, to follow up getting uh, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, to getting Kushida uh it was huge. So, to me, uh, their you know their future is definitely bright, uh, and you know you just we're gonna see what happens. You know, with these you know lineups and with what they're doing, will how will it work? We see, but right now I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's there they're starting to make subtle changes that are getting, are getting fans to wonder where they're going to, what they're going to do and where they're going to go. And I think that's the, one of the most important things in an episodic television show. And, you know, is just to keep people, keep people interested in what your next move is going to be. So that, that opens the door for, you know, what wrestlers could be in NXT next. We're going to have to wait and see, but, it's. I don't think it's over with what you're seeing. It's going to continue to get big, bigger and better, and it's just it's great. Daily, I think right now they have the tools. They're set for success. If they just follow the plan, whatever the game plan is, uh, to what always made them successful, I think it'll work. You know, but just not get lazy and complacent. And I think with a place like AEW, you know, right next to them, they won't be complacent. WWE has acknowledged all elite wrestling a, a lot since 
uh, they, you know, their, their second or third pay-per-view and with the announced to move to TNT. So AEW, they had their debut show this week. Uh, they did good numbers, better than NXT on Wednesday night. Um, a three-man booth. And, you know, I, I don't care for Excalibur. I, 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 it's just not my thing. Uh, one of the reasons why I, I watched uh, PW shows on mute, but with looking at the broadcast and seeing how they have JR and Tony Schiavone uh, on the table, by the way, another three-person booth, I want to see the diehards complain about that one. Um, I feel like Excalibur makes sense to have in there because you know you need somebody who actually knows the talent. And as much as JR and Shivani can do their homework on these guys, they're they're not gonna know their history. Like Scalibur has called most of these guys' matches for a long time now, so that that makes sense from that point of view. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, I I like Excalibur to an extent. You know, like in PWG, he gets very very silly sometimes when he's calling the matches. You know, there's a lot of inside jokes that that they haven't explained in a lot of episodes of, of their, you know, of their shows for, for reasons they call things a certain way they do or, or whatever. Um, and that kind of gets a bit much, but if, if he reels it back, like if he reels back some of the silliness, I think his enthusiasm is, is interesting for it. You know, he's, he's very involved in the product. You know, he gets, he, he gets, you know, loud when the when big moves happen and 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 all these things. Um, but yeah, you you do make a good point that he's somebody who knows most of these talent, who's called their matches for years, who know who's known them personally for years. Um, whereas Shivani and Jr. You know, can kind of go back onto some of their their own you know their previous experience. You know, and they can do their research and homework and and talk to people and watch clips and stuff. But it's different to having been there. Um, with all these guys. And essentially, you know, Shivani and JR were in that position at one time. They were the one who'd watched the talent for years, and then other people would come in and join them. Um, but it's, yeah, I still not a fan of the three-man booth myself. Um, I mean, I I don't know if they're, what, how they're going to function over long term, but, but WWE's three-man booth, that formula, it just gets some, irritating to me sometimes where, you have the one guy in the middle who's like generic, you know, he's the guy in the suit. He's he's the guy with the broadcast degree who, you know, who hasn't who doesn't really have a, a wrestling connection. And then you have, you know, a good guy who with a wrestling connection and a bad guy with a wrestling connection. And most of the most of the time, the good guy and the bad guy are arguing with each other, with the bad guy seemingly usually getting the upper hand in the discussions because he kind of bullies and yells. And then the the guy in the middle just trying to keep them on track a little bit and occasionally call moves. Um, I it it gets distracting for me a lot of times with hearing people arguing about you know something, especially if it's an arguing about something that's not necessarily relevant to what's going on currently in the ring. If they're talking about another storyline or a match that's set to come later, and they just go off on each other, it 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 distracts me from the actual wrestling that's happening in the ring, which to me has always been the focal point. Um, the in-ring action of professional wrestling. So we'll see. Hopefully, you know, they don't fall into into a pattern like that. Um, but, you know, I still would have rather just had a, a two-man booth. You know, 
I, I long for the days of the two man of a two man booth. Yeah, give me two men, uh, two people, not one, not three, two, just two. Let, let's let's make this simple. But so a couple of things I want to point out about this show. Um, I feel like okay, Cody being the first match. I think you know, booking himself in the first ever TV match. I, I didn't care for that, but then I, I feel like this was a, a, an attack towards me. But at the end of the match, before Jericho came out and attacked Cody, we get Cody crying and hugging Tony Schiavone, and then the thing that I hate the most in pro wrestling, the handshake of respect between Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. Yeah, well, you know, you're unfortunately you're probably going to get that a lot in in AEW because it is kind of a super indie, and that's kind of a trend on the indies, um, is you know, the handshake between opponents, and it's not like a code of honor thing. It's this, you know, oh, you're go- you're going to be the future, and you're going to be somebody, you know, like yeah, it's too much butt kissing really of your opponent. Um, Cody being in the first televised match, whatever, it's his company. I don't care. You know, like, I was kind of cons- surprised to find out there were, like, five or six dark matches for yeah, that Yeah, they show. were, like, one before the show started and, like, three <laughs> after after it ended. Yeah, so, like, I don't know if those were recorded. They're going to be put out online for fans to watch later or or what. But I, that's, like, that's a lot of dark matches, you know? Um, and I guess they were trying to give fans a full, you know, like, three-hour show even though it was just a two hour and maybe that also adds additional incentive to be and see the events live um, because you'll see matches that, you know, that you won't be able to see on the television. Um, yeah. But that was kind of a big surprise to me to find out they had so many dark matches. Yeah. I mean, come on. Do, do we really need three hour shows though all the time? I, I, no, no, we don't. Come on. It's, it's fine. Just do one or two matches before the show starts. For those people who can actually get there on time, don't, don't keep people up much later just because you can. I mean, I know it's it's, it's a thing they do. And well, they, they they have a big roster and only one night of TV, uh, but they got they got to get more creative. Will they do something with it? Maybe, possibly. Um, I, I did read somewhere that uh, that the announce team was still out there during those matches. So, you know, it's possible they may do other stuff. Uh, you know, I've also heard rumors of another, uh, you know, AEW TV show, a companion show somewhere. Will, will that actually okay. happen? Not sure. But yeah, it, 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 this this could lead to something like that. Uh, of course, yeah. you know, they've got those deals yeah. with Fight and VR Live where they could do additional yeah. things. So it, it would be like a, like a WWE main event where like half the show is – is wrap up from the from uh, dynamite and then here's an exclusive match or two kind of things that could be interesting. But yet again, it has to see how successful dynamite is before you go investing in additional programs. Yeah, that's definitely going to be an interesting one there. Uh, but you know what? I, I didn't hate a lot of it though. Of course, I got to see Kenny. Uh, of course, him and his war with Moxley is not over yet. Uh, 
and a big beat down at the end of the show uh, where Jack Ager, the former Jack Swagger, made his uh, AEW debut. Apparently, he had been signed uh, a few months back, but uh, kept uh, as a secret appearance for the premiere episode of uh, AEW Dynamite. Uh, are you are you a Hager fan? I mean, you know, some people I mean, like him. He's a... got a lot of promise. I mean, he's he's okay. Um, you know, I think in the right program with the right person. Um, you know, I mean, I I thought by the time the last season of Lucha Underground wrapped up. I thought they did very well with him, you know, as, as the savage Jake strong, um, you know, he ended, he ended the season as the Lucha underground champion with the, with the gauntlet of the gods. Um, you know, so if he brings those things to AEW, he, he'll be unstoppable against the roster. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm interested, you know, I think some people are like, Oh, great. It's swagger. Another, Another guy who couldn't hack it in WWE, you know. I think that's a lot of people's attitude towards it, but um, but I think there's, you know, I I think he's decent. I think he's good. I don't think he's a marquee level talent. I've seen a lot of things that he's done, and and some I've been really impressed by, and others not so much. Um, you know, I think it it just depends. I think he how he's properly utilized, or or not if he's not properly utilized, you know, but. I don't know if he's as big a get as some people would like to think, but I guess that remains to be seen as well. Yeah, that's that's definitely been a different one. I mean, uh, everywhere that he's made his debut, he's being treated like a big star. You know, I mean, he went into Lucha Underground, may it rest in peace. Um, yes. And sad, became a champion yes. there. Yeah, uh, you know, and now here he comes in. It's a big deal, of course. Uh, he's still doing uh, very successful mixed martial and, arts. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're putting him against slubs, though. That's he can. You, it's easy to be successful when you're put in there who look like you know, who look like fanboys and not actual athletes. Yeah, I mean, he's this massive guy. So I mean, he's he's very talented. Now let's see what he can do. He's back on TV, um, in, in you know in the channel that a lot of people can watch, um, and so the women's division of AEW they crowned the first ever champion uh, on the Dynamite uh, TV show. As Rio is your new your inaugural women's world champion, defeating Nyla Rose. Yeah, I think that was a surprise to a lot of people. I think especially with all the press that's been given to Nyla, um, you know, uh, as a transgendered woman, um, you know, entering the division. And so a lot of, you know, talk about, you know, visit, you know, being great for inclusion and, and visibility of, of, you know, of, of gay and, and lesbian people and transgenders and stuff. Um, so I think a lot of people pretty much expected her to beat Rio. And just crown Nyla the first champion because Nyla, you know, is has done all the media rounds and stuff, you know, with with AEW since signing. Um, but I, you know, I, I mean, Riho's a great wrestler as well. So it's, you know, they gave it to her, um, and it's interesting, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, they do have a really good 
ro- women's roster as well of signed talent. I mean, at the la- you know, at, at All Out, where they had the women's battle royal, you know, they brought in a lot of talent that was kind of like brought in for a one-off, and it was just an outstanding collection of of women's talent. Um, so we'll see, you know, how many of those people may may get signed. Um, you know, that did well. People, you know veterans like Ivelisse and Mercedes Martinez, like do both do either of them get signed to AEW now? Um, but you know, you look at the people that they already do have signed and it's, it's an, it's a very, a very good talented roster of, you know, not just established people, but, but a lot of up and coming people. Yeah. It, that I was definitely surprised. I thought that, um, Rose was going to take this one. Uh, but, you know, and also a, a lot of controversy there with her. You know, pe- you know, a lot of people out there say, no, nah, she can't rest in the women's division, this or that, the other. You know, it, it, it's whatever. Uh, it's her life. It's her lifestyle. And, you know, this is who she is. People need to let it go. Uh, AEW is also going to be crowning their tag team champions uh, in a future episode of Dynamite, I believe, uh, at the end of October. Uh, and, of course, we saw SEU being highlighted a lot in on this episode. Uh, we saw the Lucha Brothers there uh, live on TV, you know, with doing the, having that brawl with SEU. There's going to be a tournament. It's going to be uh, over, over the next few weeks. So that's very exciting. Of course, all of this leading to full gear uh, on November 9th in Baltimore. Uh, there is the their next pay per view, uh, but yeah. So I think AEW is is in a is in a good place right now. They have again, you know, they have a TV network that's willing to back them and is willing to uh, invest in them. They have a, an owner with a lot of money. And when you have a lot of money, you can do a lot of things. They have a very talented roster, a lot of names, a lot of indie darlings people love. Um, you know, whoever WWE and Impact didn't take and Ring of Honor didn't take, they did. So they're taking advantage of that. But why not? They have money that they can guarantee people. Um, they're still independent contractors from what I understand. No health insurance, so you know. Jeez, oh, I I, I, I want to see I want to see the fans complain about that one, right? Come on, I know. No, yeah, no, nobody's asked about that, right? It's like, are these people gonna get health insurance? Are these people gonna be able to have four hundred one ks? Come on, is it, isn't yeah. this the thing that people were complaining about the Fed about? They were, and then AEW came out and said, "Hey, man, we're gonna be different, and we're gonna do all these changes," and you know. Um, you know, make sure and all the basically saying all these things that people were complaining about WWE not taking care of the wrestlers, they were going to do, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd like to see if, if it is found out that they are not doing that, I, I'm wondering if it's, if their fans are going to kind of give the scrutiny that they were, they were giving to WWE about the same things. Yeah. So, and how long before, uh, the two hour show becomes three hours? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's already a three-hour show from what we're hearing. It's just only two of you. Yeah, the for the live crowd, about. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, sit, be negative about AEW. <laughs> I hope he does well and succeeds. I'm going to watch, you know, 
every you're not live Wednesdays. I, I don't have time to watch a little live TV, but I have a recorder on my DVR, so I'll definitely watch it um, as I do everything else. But come on, don't don't come out as you gotta be better when what I've seen is more of the same, just a different flavor, right? So, um, but yeah, the fans, you know. A definitely different crowd, but that that is whatever. Now moving on, we, you know we we did talk about you know New, New Japan is still out there and they're doing a lot of great things. They're they just spent some time in the U.S. Um, and had a successful run here. Uh, they've been going back and forth, New Japan, the U.S., the U.K. Uh, so let let's take a look, see where they've been. You know uh, since. Uh, we last talked about them. Uh, of course, the G1 happened. Uh, so we have a, a new G1 Climax winner going to uh, Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th uh, to challenge for the, uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, so that's, that's, that's one thing. Uh, and uh, some t- title changes we've had. Uh, some good, some uh, so you know, not surprising. But uh, let, let's just look through the people that that we've had here. Uh, first, uh, Kota Ibushi uh, won the G1 Climax this year, uh, so I'm really excited to see uh, him in the main event of uh, the Wrestle Kingdom show on January 4th. Uh, currently, your IWGP champion. Still Okada, of course, he uh, won the title back at uh, the G1 Supercard. Jay White, though, didn't go too long without a championship. Over at Destruction and Kobe, defeated Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Moxley remains IWGP United States Champion, uh, defeating uh, Juice Robinson uh, back in uh, June. The uh, new never openweight champion, Kenta uh, defeated Ishii at Royal Quest uh, back in August. The Reels of Destiny remain champions. Uh, I believe they, if I remember correctly, they won the titles back in February uh, at Under Rising. Uh, Will Ospreay uh, defeated Dragon Lee at Dominion to uh, become the uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship. And Bullet Club's ELP and Ishimori. Uh, won uh, their junior heavyweight championship, tag team championships back in June, defeating Rapaji 3K. And the uh, never open weight six-man tag team championship, also known as, uh, the, you know, New Japan's version of the release 24-7 uh, championship. Uh, uh, you get uh, Tegushi, Makabe, and Yano as champions as, as they defeated Bullet Club. Uh, at the beginning of the year, still uh, currently the longest reigning champions uh, in in, in Japan uh, because you know the world hates me, uh, and that's just that's just how it is. Well, it's it is really odd that that title's been that they've held that title for so long as that title is, you know, notorious for 
changing hands very quickly with with only one defense or zero defenses. The title that's been that way this year has been the never open weight championship. Um, just this past weekend, Kenta um, successfully defended the belt, and he is the first person to do so in 2019. Uh, the title has changed hands. It belong at the beginning of the year. Kota Ibushi lost it to Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay lost it to Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb lost it to Tai Chi. Tai Chi lost it to Ishii. Ishii lost it to uh, Kenta. All of those, all of those former champions did not have a successful title defense, um, and the titles changed, bounced around so much. Um, so it's interesting that the open weight, the six man titles have been held by the same team for so long. And I think part of that is, is injuries and separations and different title, different champ uh, tournaments came along. You know, you had the new Japan cup and then you had the, the G one and, and these kind of things. And so one or more of those members were inter- entered in that, you know, Taguchi was in the, uh, the best, the super juniors tournament. And, um, you know, Makabe has been focused a lot on uh, working at the new Japan dojo. Um, so I don't. I think part of it is getting everybody together um, to defend those championships um, over the course of the year. But it's a lot of interesting, exciting things. You know, now is kind of the season where they start ramping up as um, as they head into Wrestle Kingdom, which is actually this year. Wrestle Kingdom is going to be two nights for the first time ever. Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome is going to be January fourth and January fifth. Usually they go to um, uh, Corrick and Hall on January 5th for New Year's Dash. But um, this year they're doing two nights. Both nights, as of now, are being called Wrestle Kingdom um, in in the Tokyo Dome on January 4th and 5th. Um, the biggest and best stuff that's currently happening, though, is Jushin Thunder Liger and Minoru Suzuki. Oh, man. Um, Jushin, Tell you me know, about that, man. Like, oh, salivated. Like, I mean... Suzuki has been poking Liger for months, you know, saying, oh, man, you know, you're, you're getting ready to quit. You're just going to leave. Is it because you're not a good fighter anymore? Like, and all this. And and finally, and finally kept poking him and poking him. And and they would be away for a while. You know, Liger was doing uh, a lot this summer over kind of farewell tours. You know, he went to a farewell tour of CMLL and has, you know, been to the UK. And he's kind of literally going to towns that he'll be wrestling at for the last time. Um, and Suzuki the other night, you know, took his mask. And then the when they were supposed to have another match with the teams, Liger jumps Suzuki on the way down to the ring and rips off his mask and his costume, and he's Keishin Liger again. Um, so they'll be having, you know, their their fight is it's not really being con- considered a wrestling match even, but it'll be Jushin Liger saying he'll bring Keishin Liger, um, the beast, the demon beast god. Um, against Minoru Suzuki uh, at King of Pro Wrestling on October 14th. That's going to be where a lot of their um, big things are happening. You know, kind of what will set the the pace as, you know, so many titles are being defended at um, King of Pro Wrestling this this year. You know, Kota Ibushi's defending his uh, G1 contract. Okada's defending his championship. Um Jay White will be defending his championship. Uh, and so that'll kind of set into motion who the challengers are, or at least who the champions are leading into Wrestle Kingdom is, is in October. You know, the second half of October, we usually have the uh, Super Junior Tag League. 
then in November and into part of December, you have the the uh, the tag the heavyweight tag league. Um, and you know, so I think this will kind of you know, at King of Pro Wrestling on October fourteenth is going to be kind of where you see who the champions are and who um, who will start to build some of these matches um, leading into towards Wrestle Kingdom. One that I did hear, apparently it was reported on um, Sports Illustrated's website for Wrestle Kingdom is uh, Chris Jericho versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, now, after Chris Jericho lost uh, against Okada back at Dominion, he attacked Okada with a chair, and uh, Tanahashi was the one who made the save. And him and Jericho had this big stare down, and Jericho eventually left. Um, and didn't I guess a lot of people didn't know if this match was going to happen with AEW kicking up their television show. You know, were they going to allow Chris Jericho to continue to wrestle with with New Japan? You know, um, but it was reported by Sports Illustrated that you know, come Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Tanahashi and Chris Jericho will go one on one, and I think that's one of those matches that's a dream match for a lot of people, a match they didn't think that they would ever see um, in, in those two stars. So a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff happening for new Japan leading into their biggest, you know, show of the year, um, which now we know will be two nights instead of just, instead of just the one night. Yeah. Well, if any wrestle kingdom is going to have two nights, it's going to be this one. Of course, as long as nothing happens, nothing changes. Night one will be headlined by Okada versus Ibushi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and of course, uh, fitting for every uh, retirement, Liger versus his opponent to be determined in his retirement match will headline night two, uh, which will be re- the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, so, if you're gonna make history in any night, in any year, with any type of show where you're gonna do something different, you're gonna do something special. Uh, I think Liger's retirement match is, is the way to go. Uh, you know, we're talking about TNT and pro wrestling. Be back on it. Let's not forget the first ever wrestling match on TNT included. You should turn the lighter. All right. So on 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 WCW Nitro. Yep. Wow. It was him versus Brian Pillman in the first ever match. Uh, so it's it's crazy. Now here we come. Uh, twenty twenty, January fifth. It'll be his last match ever, and uh, whoever goes with uh, it's gonna be special a special night. Uh, one that many people will be watching live, uh, most likely on uh, uh, New Japan World, uh, where it'll be uh, everywhere. Everybody will be watching that night. I mean, saying goodbye to the legend, a Liger. That, that'll be something special. But yeah, I think that New Japan has really done the good with mixing a lot of their talent. Uh, they, they found ways to keep Bullet Club relevant. Uh, to my surprise, 
Uh, I just didn't think it had a lot of life left in it, but they found ways to keep it consistent. They've brought back some guys that we know with Moxley and Kenta uh, to the mix where, you know, just to know where they're heading, just when you don't know where they're heading, you know, they, they turn to run. And of course, the single red of Japan, uh, they continue to be hot as ever. Uh, and I, I don't know, New Japan continues to be one of those promotions I, I have to watch. I just, I, I love it. I love everything they do. Um, and I don't know, Danny, if you had to pick the next star from New Japan to come up to the U.S., who would you put your money on? Mm. The next next breakout star from there. Um, I mean, they have so many. The now, I, they have so many good people. It's kind of difficult to see who would transition well into United States. You know, I I think one of the first ones that people would say would be maybe Jay White or Will Osprey. You know, could transition well to. Um, a major company in the United States. Um, but of the know, Japanese Kota Ibushi, of, of the Japanese contingent. Well, we know that Kota Ibushi has signed this lifetime contract with, um, with New Japan. Um, we know that Okada has loyalty to New Japan, and, and he's, you know, as far as we know, is New Japan forever. WWE's tried to make big deals for him in the past, and he's kind of brushed them aside. Um I think if they could pull away, um, you know, maybe Sonata, I think would be really, really, would could really well in the United States um, because he is, you know, a true heavyweight. You know, he's 6'2, 6'3. And he has, you know, he's very, very Keiji Mudo influenced. You know, that's kind of one of his mentors. So he has that kind of slow, you know, kind of pacing, but impactful kind of style. Um, he even uses the Mudo Moonsault as, as one of his big moves. Um, so I think Sonata would be would be probably one of the better guys who could who could transition to become a star here in the United States. Yeah, I, now this is for me wishful thinking, but just a totally crazy idea because I'm a huge fan of these guys. But WWE has, you know, Andrade. Let's say they convince Rush to sign with them. They bring Naito over, and we have Los Ingobernables in WWE. I mean, I mean, I think that would be a hard get, especially now I mean, that that totally Rush is is the ROH champion, so he signed a deal with them. Uh, Dragon Lee is still kind of a free agent, you know, so he could. He's kind of still floating amongst places, but I don't think Roosh is going to go anywhere anytime soon. They just, they just gave him ROH just gave him the belt just the other night. He's he's definitely yeah. tied to them for quite some time, I would think. But they also gave Matt Taven the belt. That, that doesn't mean anything, right? Matt <laughs> yeah, Taven yeah, was yeah, the world champion. Well, yeah, but who else at that time? Who else were they going to give it to? Uh, so okay, sure. Not immediately, but eventually, man. That I, and I'm not saying that this actually could happen because I don't think it could. But man, that would be so awesome to see all three of them fist up, tranquilo. Come on, it's just I saw yeah. it. But okay, so you brought Dragon Lee being a free agent. How crazy CMLL parts ways with Rouge and uh, and Dragon Lee 
because they just schedules conflicted for some stuff. I mean, two of the biggest luchadors in the world, and you're just gonna, you know, get mad uh, offline and decide to go online and announce that you're letting them go via Twitter. I mean, yeah, come on. Well, I mean, Mexican wrestling politics are. Are have always been kind of very shady, very, um, very sudden, you know, like, and, you know, people get blacklisted, people get blackballed, and it's like seemingly small things can turn into big things and, uh, and people lose their jobs. But yeah, it's, it, it seemed like it's a bad, a bad move, a very rash decision to get rid of Roosh and Dragon Lee. Um, you know, because they are going so many other places, you know, around the world now. So you would think that you would want to use them as best you can and have them help wear your company's badge everywhere they go, which both guys have always done. They've always been proud to be part of CMLL and always, you know, been champions there and brought their, you know, everywhere they go. Um, so... You know, CML's loss is going to be somebody else's gain. I'm wondering, you know, so so Roosh is with, you know, ROH. I'm wondering if if now Dragon Lee's going to find himself in the middle of a bidding war, if ROH is going to try to make deals for him, and if New Japan's going to try to make deals for him because, you know, Dragon Lee's been a been a huge part of New Japan the last couple of years. You know, he's a former uh, junior heavyweight champion there. Um, you know, so I'd I'd be interested to see. Where Dragon Lee ends up permanently um, over the next you know month or so, yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, he's definitely going to be one that everybody's going to try to get. Uh, so we we shall wait and see what comes of it. Uh, now I briefly earlier kind of name drop Major League Wrestling. Uh, Major League Wrestling, you know, Kurt Bauer, you know, decided to bring bring it back after thirteen years uh, after the success of the podcast with uh, MLW Radio and decided to do a one night only one shot in July, uh, you know, in 2017. And that led to another show later that year. And that led to them being on BN Sports uh, for with uh, MLW Fusion in, in 2018. Uh, you know, they've brought a lot of stars uh, you know, a lot of people who you now can see on Ring of Honor and some in WWE and some in uh, AEW. He had them first, and now they're, they're having their first ever pay-per-view in November uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, here's, here's one little promotion that, you know, people maybe thought, you know, hey, they, they, they're not ever going to be – May, may not necessarily be anything in, in the, and here they are about to have their own pay-per-view uh in it, it see is it all roads lead to a successful one i'm saying uh they're doing something right you know they're they're, they're having success they've been on tv for over a year now their first pay-per-view uh you know somebody who you know back in the day had guys like Samu Terry funk and one of your favorites uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling as, as uh, one of the former champions. Uh, now here, of course, uh, with the new uh, Heart Foundation, uh, now in their current incarnation. MLW is also making waves, and 
I think as it continues to grow, we may see bigger things. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you've gotten a chance to see a lot of their stuff, but you know, there's somebody who people need to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, they're getting to the point where they're signing people to contracts. They're signing independent wrestlers to contracts saying they can't wrestle for anybody else on TV. Um, you know, and I think that's a bold move. I think that shows how big they're growing and what their plans for the future are that they can, um, you know, sign people to exclusive deals for television in the United States and still just have an hourly, uh, you know, once a week YouTube show. Yeah, that's 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 definitely big. Uh, so we'll see what what happens, but we definitely uh, wish them uh, a great, successful first pay per view and a lot more to come. And lastly, because you can't you can't have our, our, our return show and our first ever live show without talking about Impact Wrestling, uh, who uh, I believe uh, are are still owned uh, by Anthem. Right, um, I believe nothing has changed as, since last time we talked. As far as I know of, yeah, they're still owned by Anthem Entertainment. But now they have their own network. Anthem bought Access TV, which opened the door for uh, Impact Wrestling to be on Access on Tuesday nights. I, I joked the other day that Tuesday nights there's no wrestling because you know Impact was there, but you know. I mean, they're actually in the channel people know and are familiar with and know that exists. I mean, still not everywhere, but at least people have heard of it. Yeah, it's it's a big move for, for Impact, as, as every single move for Impact seems to be a big move. Um, but it is to, you know, a, a slightly better known channel um, than we, uh, you know, than they've been in the past. Um, you know, for a while there, they were only pretty much only streaming on Twitch. Um, so I think this is a big move for them. You know, there's also other wrestling already on Access. Um, you know, they show at the Weekly New Japan show. They have the WoW Superhero show. Um, so this is a big thing for Impact. And, you know, they have a very, very talented roster. Um, you know, now they get a little bit bigger of a, um, of a platform to shine. Yeah, it definitely is. And, of course, I think if anybody, uh, you know, benefited from Lucha Underground going underground, um, it was Impact Wrestling because they, they were able to get a lot of their talent. And, you know, it's, uh, the, you know, a lot they, they have been successful. Uh, so that's worked. Uh, and they continue to bring uh, some former ECW stars as very prominent in Starlands at this point, uh, and it's working for them. Uh, you know, maybe I'll eventually go back and watch. I, you know, I keep up. You know, no, at least know what they're doing. Make sure they still have a pulse. Uh, but yeah, it's they have some really good talent in there now, and I, you know, I think I may I may need to check it out. Um, but yeah, it's it's been interesting. Anthem, at least a company that actually has good footing and it's actually investing in it and making sure that this succeeds. So uh, we, we shall see uh, all the best luck to uh, impact wrestling who are uh, 
I still can't believe they're a Canadian company now, but alas, they are. I don't even know who's in charge of it anymore. Um, I, I think Don Callis was in charge of it at some point. Uh, oh, I'm not sure she's still involved, uh, but you know, I don't know. The, who, the who knows? Biggest downside that I find with Impact is their commentary. Don Callis and Josh Matthews are terrible. It seems they take every opportunity to find a way to reference and cut down WWE. Um, and they're just there to make jokes. And, you know, it's it that to me it makes the show difficult to watch at times. Um, just because the commentary is so bad, I feel they take away more from the show than they actually add to it. Because um, they keep doing, they keep, you know, ref, like I said, referencing WWE. You know, and trying to put them down and say, oh, yeah, I remember those guys, you know, like. And I don't know, maybe it works for some people for them to make impact feel like it's this rebel entity, you know, that like oh, we're the cool underground ones. So we make fun of the big dudes, you know, like because we know we're not going to be them. We're too cool for them. They're not they can't be as cool as us. You know, like, I don't know if that's a thing that, that some people get interested in. But to me, it it takes away from so many good matches and so much good talent that it makes the show difficult to watch. Um, yeah. So I think it, they it need does. to, you know, change. And, and also that, Sammy that Callahan. to me. Well, you know, um, you take away Sammy Callahan and there goes half your roster with him. That's the problem. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, some <laughs> losses are for the betterness, you know? Yeah. You know, if you have, if you have to take down the whole tree, to get one bad apple out, I don't hate it. It's all good. Yeah, but he's well, the draw. He is Whatever. the draw, as as he calls himself. Um, yeah, but you know, as the millennials say, whatevs. I, I I don't even think millennials say that. I think that was something in the late nineties or early two thousands. Uh, although technically that's millennials now, I, I don't understand. Uh, the nineties, the nineties are cool again. The nineties are cool again too. Um, yeah. So well, you know that we have wrestling on TNT. Fashion is coming back. The nineties truly yeah. are cool again. We have two rival wrestling on USA and uh, TNT on a day during the week. But what is also cool again, Danny, is that we're back. FOW is back after the hiatus. Uh, sorry, excuse me. English is not my first language. But we're back. We're better than ever here on Podbean, streaming live each and every Thursday. Uh, so everybody make sure you uh, have the Podbean uh, app. Download it. Uh, sign up for your free account and check us out. Uh, we'll be here each and every uh, Thursday chatting uh, about pro wrestling and everything. Next week we'll be talking about what happened with Hell in a Cell, the premiere episode of SmackDown on Fox. Uh, of course, the second week of the Wednesday Night Wars and much more. Check us out. We are also on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F and Danger. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. Mika Villas wasn't here today, but she will be with us soon. Check her out at Mika Villas. And until next time, keep watching wrestling. Good night and goodbye.